0: The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I am joined by my co-host, Dave. Welcome back, Dave. How's it going? Going good, buddy. Uh, nice it is, to be back. It's It's good to have you back and across from me in the studio again, and I'm actually excited for today because, why, David, you and I have a date after this. Oh, yes, we do. Tell, tell the people what we're going to be doing.
1: Uh, let's see. I can actually, right now, I can just say whatever and just, like, snowball you if I want.
0: That's true. You could totally screw up this segment. The power is yours.
1: We're doing dinner in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna see John Wick two. Yeah, we are because we saw John Wick one together, and I wanted to keep it special, so I haven't seen it yet. You wanted saved to it wait. for me. Yes, of course. You oh know. my
0: god! I know oh my he's god. gonna kill so many oh people. Oh my god! Right? Do
1: you think there should be some headshots? Oh, there's gonna be some. Oh many my god, There's going be headshots. Okay. headshots <laughs> All oh. right, and yeah. uh, you know, maybe go get some uh, dinner or something like that. There's a diner maybe at that place, or just do our normal uh, plan against Who the hell knows? Oh, are you thinking of that diner over by the movie theater? Are we going to that one? Oh, we thinking of another diner. No, that theater. What? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we'll figure it out, yeah. and
0: uh, we'll, we'll go where the evening takes us.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll post all sorts of pictures about it on uh, Facebook Twitter and Instagram. Well, see. Now that you've said that, you have to do it. Do you want to share a milkshake with two straws? Totally. Oh my god. Oh my god. You know, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm all giddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? You know what I did yesterday? I actually spent a day at the cinema. A day, yeah, really. Because I went to see Lego Batman. Is that awesome? Good? Really? I, okay. All right. But I don't think this is controversial. I don't know. I'm thinking after Dark Knight. Okay. It may be Lego Batman. Really. This is the Batman we deserve and need. Okay. Really. Especially after the the previous Batman taste in our mouth was Zack Snyder Batman versus Superman. Or, no, 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 I'm sorry, I I misread that. The original script was Bat-Murder versus (laughs) Super-Murder. Because all they do is murder people. All they do is kill people, yeah. Just like in the comics. Just like the previous 80 years of the comics. They kill people all the time. Anyway, Zack Snyder, what a dick. Anyway, (laughs) this was a great Batman movie. It was a love letter to Batman. There are so many Batman Easter eggs and jokes and sort of callbacks Referring to a bunch of other Batman stuff, it's so great, and there's even a bunch of just r- nice nerd Easter eggs' oh, yeah? like, "Oh my God, there's even one part I won't mention it, but there's something that you would like, and you would know, and then there's like a funny little reference to something else. Um, but it, it's totally worth it. It's hilarious. And also, it, I think this almost delves into the Batman psyche more completely than anything recently.: Re-
0: Really? Yes. I'll say this about the Lego movies of any movie I've seen the movie that has created the biggest gulf between my expectations of the movie and what the movie actually was, was the Lego movie.
1: Cause it was so awesome.
0: Right. But I, and I walked in with very low expectations. Like this is, this is a stupid toy movie. This is a merchandising bonanza. That's all this is. And then it turned out to be a really good movie. It was and a so, masterpiece.
1: Yeah. So I'm guessing Batman's going to be a lot of the same. It, it has, it continues that charm, but also just, but in the world of Batman, it's just, oh God, it's so good. It's so good. Actually, I saw it at the new Dolby Cinema in uh, the AMC at Sunset Place. They have a, they like constructed a-, a Dolby theater with rec- leather seats that recline. It's now assigned seating, but like with the, like dynamic audio on the side and everything and like a really sharp screen. It was amazing.
0: I'm sure the people listening to us in Los Angeles right now are really happy that our local cinema has the Dolby Theater now.
1: Oh, because they have the Dolby Theater?
0: No, because why would they care about local stuff?
1: <laughs> well, that's true. You can, I think the, out in LA, you can get. they have the 4K cinemas. We don't have 4K yet. They have 4K cinemas? I'm so jealous. Or, or is it 4, in a 4K? you also like 4D, I mean, also. No, the 4D cinemas. The ones where like the seats move and like you have environmental effects, kind of like in a Disney ride. I was about to
0: say that sounds like the Disney ride where like the dinosaur spits at you and yes, then you get water in your like, face.
1: But that's, that's that's what they have at some theaters. It's a four D movie theater. That's it. I don't know if I'd like that. It'd be interesting. Anyway, that so I had it. I did that in the morning. Yeah. Then I just want to walk around the cinema. And I saw the Red Turtle was going to be starting. So I'm like, yeah, let me go see that. That's one of the uh, best animated uh, say, nominations. The, the Red what? The Red Turtle. It's from Studio Ghibli. It's this sort of I think French or Belgian cartoon, uh, you know, animated movie. Well that's
0: well, because remember we said that in a previous episode that the, the Oscar nominees for best animated feature are always Disney animated feature, Dreamworks animated feature, weird French movie.
1: Then I saw the Weird French movie. Was it good? It was beautiful. Oh wow, okay. It was very good. it won't win because, you know, Zootopia is there. I haven't seen Zootopia. I did see Finding Dory last night on Netflix after everything. And then I after what Red Turtle, I I saw that Rogue one had like was was twenty minutes in, so I'm like, fuck it, oh, <laughs> I think I see Rogue one, and boss, wow, so you got a triple feature? <laughs> Never done that before triple feature, man were you were you
0: tired at the end of that? Yes. oh, I'm you know, but the listeners are proud of you,
1: yeah, so three for the price of one, <laughs> all right, suck it a m c.
0: Well, luckily, you didn't just admit that publicly or anything. If you want to rate, review, and subscribe to the Break the Business podcast, you can do so on our platforms. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K A I R. Where can they follow you, my movie thieving friend? At MetalDave85. Take that, AMC. <laughs> and you can. Reach out to us if you have any show questions, show topics you want us to discuss. You know, We want you to drive the content. We want this to be as good as it can be for you. You can reach out to us at BreakTheBusiness at gmail.com. That's BreakTheBusiness at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I have kind of a cool music industry story. I feel like... A lot of the listeners might have been overwhelmed that I did Kesha and Dr. Luke for two weeks in a row, like super heavy legal type news. Yeah, no,
1: I, I noticed that you did that because this is the Kesha Dr. Luke show.
0: It, a fair criticism because I think we've talked about this case at least six or seven times.
1: Well, Ryan, I've got a surprise for you. Here, it, here they are, folks, the, the people of the hour, Kesha and Dr. Luke. Oh, wow. Are they coming out? Our producer, are they getting from the green room? They're not there? They're not there. Okay, they're delayed. They're delayed. Oh,
0: okay. So they'll be back later.
1: They'll be back later. They'll be back okay. later. Kind of a good getting.
0: Getting the both to show up was, on the same show. Do they know they're coming? Is this like a Jerry Springer thing, where like
1: one of them doesn't know the other one showing up? Kind of a bit. I. That's why I was not here last week. I was actually traveling around getting this thing together for you. Oh. It's gonna be a nice surprise. Way to pound the pavement. I wanted to have us do dinner, movie, and also have uh, <laughs> two of the biggest. Uh, uh, Participants in the biggest music scandal uh, lately.
0: D- dinner, movie, and uh, mediate a lawsuit. Sounds like yes. a fun date.
1: Um, so we'll let the, you know. Our producer uh, Gary will let us know when they're here.
0: Oh, thanks, Gary. But no, I'm, I'm going off the board. So you know that case has been really heavy, and I you know want us get us get us back to our just giving music tips, roots, and we got a great article this week from friend of the show Ari Hurston. We've had him on twice. He has a great book out now called uh, How to Make It in the New Music Business. There is nobody more knowledgeable about how to make it as an indie artist than Ari Hurston. Um, that includes anyone on this program. The guy is tremendous. And he has, he put out an article recently on the Banzoogle blog called How to Hit the Road. Or actually, specifically, How and Why to Hit the Road. Yeah. The Banzoogle blog? That's right.
1: Okay, let's continue.
0: Where, where you, that's a reputable company. They're great. What is? Banzoogle. They provide lots of services to artists. Ban Zoogle?
1: Yeah. What did Zoogle ever do to you that you want to ban them? <laughs> that's why he makes the big bucks, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why but you don't. A... Because you have the audio not even up on that part of the auxiliary port. Sorry. Continue with your Ban Zo- So I don't know what this is. Uh Basically, here's the thing we
0: we know on this show because we've talked about this touring is really important as an indie artist. Yeah, we'll you talk know. about that later. We will. Yeah, trust me. Okay. Yeah. Well, nice. Ooh, the the audience is intrigued because especially because more and more artists are complaining that streaming services don't pay out the way they used to, and you almost have to be a live performer to make ends meet as a musician. But putting tours together is logistically difficult. You know, reaching out to all those venues, making it happen. And so Hurston's article does a great job of walking you through the preparation process of putting a tour together and doing it without a booking agent. And for many musicians earlier in their career, that's how they have to do it. And so I'm going to go over some of the points that he talks about in his article. But I strongly recommend that you, the listener, check this article out on Bandzoogle blog because, let's see your face over there, they're good company, Uh, because like all of his articles, he did a really great job with this. The first thing he talks about in the article is if you're going to put a tour together, start the planning process at least five months out. Uh, Your goal is to book all of your tour dates two months in advance of your first show so that you have time to promote that show uh, for those two months. In your first month of planning, you want to route your cities, research your venues, get contact info, and when you're picking cities... You want to choose cities that are on a reasonable route giving your re- given your resources. You don't want to go, you know, to Maine and then to Los Angeles and then, you know, back to New Jersey or something. You know, kind of no. you, you want to put it on a predictable route, obviously. Yeah. That's right. Right. And and if you're and if your following is regional, don't go to cities where you don't have a following because you're not going to be able to promote yourself. Um, but be prepared to backtrack a little, uh, because you're often going to have trouble getting the schedules of venues to line up with your schedule. So you might have to jump around back and forth a little bit, but try to minimize it when you can. You want to use Google Maps to plot out the cities you want to visit. Keep your drive shorter than six hours on a show day and shorter than 10 hours on a non-show day. If you try to do any more than that, Hurston warns you that you're going to burn out. And how do you find venues? Well, Hurston recommends a platform called Indie on the Move, uh, IOTM for short. And this is a great website. They have a list of venues. They have the contact info for all the venues and band reviews of the venues, so you can find out which places are good and which ones are not so good. And they even have this cool sorting feature on the platform where you can find venues that fit specific. specific, uh, I specific. Thank you. Criteria. Um, you know, for example, if you're only looking for venues that seat less than five hundred people, or eighteen plus. You can kind of sort those things out and find only the venues that are going to fit what you're doing in that particular city. Now, when you're reaching out to talent buyers at a particular venue, uh, Hurston warns, uh, not warns, but advises to not be afraid to use both phone and email. Some talent buyers are still creatures of the telephone. They're not going to listen to you. Um, they're not going to you know, respond to email. So get used to actually having to talk to people. I know a lot of folks in our generation, they hate talking on the phone. You know, it's all text messages, but apparently that's the way some talent buyers still are. Mm. And so, you know, be ready for that. And if you do have to send an email, keep it short, but emphasize your history in the area and how you're going to promote the show and how many people you expect to come. Really, you're selling yourself to the talent buyer. And by selling yourself, don't just tell them your music's great. Tell them specifically how you're going to pack the place, because that's really all they care about. I mean... Your music can be terrible, but if you know, you're know you going to fill the place up, that's ultimately their chief concern.
1: Yeah, let them know that if you have a following. If you're going to actually bring people in that are then going to buy drinks and that's know, exactly patronize right. the establishment. Patronize these. I
0: like that. Uh, very true. And so if you go on to Hurston's article, he actually has a great sample email that he has used uh, in his own band and mm-hmm. has gotten lots of uh, positive feedback on it. So you can use that as kind of your sample. Um, Hurston also recommends, uh, in terms of helping you pack the place, find a local opening act for your show. Use websites like Bandcamp, Indie on the Move Again, and Reverb Nation to find local acts that kind of have a similar sound to you and can help you promote your band and your show in that local area. And uh, obviously, you're going to have to split some of the money with them. But
1: Also, that way, they just bring their local fans and people into the show. That's you right. already got more uh, guaranteed people uh, coming in that know them, maybe not necessarily you. Bingo. And when you've completely
0: routed and confirmed your tour... The last step is to find sleeping arrangements in each city. And when you are early in your career and you're doing your first few tours, what does that mean, Dave? Oh, you got to crash on couches, buddy. <laughs> That's right. You got to crash on the couches. Um, you, uh, uh, Hurston advises to crowdsource among your fans on social media and see if any of those diehard fans might be willing to let you crash on their place for a night. And uh, Hurston even says, as a last resort, if you don't have a place to sleep, don't be afraid to just tell your fans during the show you need a place to crash. Yeah. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Is there anywhere I can sleep tonight? Because he says, anything is better than sleeping in your van. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you want to make sure they're not sketchy. Like, How are you supposed to do that
1: in just like a second? Hey, man, that's that's the world, man. That's the business. You, you're taking I feel risks. like that's the dubious advice there. Then uh, I'll be like, yeah, I've got a place you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you want to get in the van?
0: Uh, that sounds great. I mean, I just finished the show. I'm tired. I mean, what kind of place yeah. you got?
1: Oh, it's it's a nice uh, little cozy little place there. Oh, that's great. I mean, I hope we're not yeah. going to be too much trouble. I mean, no, there's three no, of no. us here. Oh,
0: I well, got a dog, if that's right. Oh, of course. Oh, we, we love dogs. I mean, none of yeah. us are allergic. Yeah, You look kind of sweaty and beat. Yeah, oh, I'm exhausted. I mean, just played for yeah, two hours. I've uh, yeah. you know, been booking gigs for the last five months. But You,
1: you, you know what's good to sort of upkeep uh, while well, you're all doing That's Putting lotion on your skin. Here, yeah? i got some lotion for you.
0: Oh, my God. That's great. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. I just, I mean, I can't believe you keep that stuff at home. I mean, do, do, I mean, I'm not saying you probably have an extra bedroom, but do you know where I can sleep in your house?
1: There's a basement.
0: Oh, a whole basement of my oh my! You're so nice. You know, it's so hard to find good people like you when we go
1: out and travel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, here. Let, let, let me. Do you mind if I get uh, your measurements across your shoulder there? All right, oh no, there. I mean yeah,
0: you got to measure me for your basement. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's get the inseam. All right. And, and, yeah, I mean, good that, stuff. That, that was a little weird, but yeah, okay. Um, yeah, appreciate it. There you go. All right. Can I have the lotion back now?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. There you no, go. don't give it to me. Put it in the basket. Oh, oh yes. Put okay. the broken lotion in the basket. Bear and
0: scene all right improv extraordinaire metal day very good all right <laughs> so the last warning from Hurston on this and other than you know don't you know don't hang out at buffalo bob's house or bill's house buffalo or, bill sorry um is if you don't promote you know make sure you promote your show You got to promote your show uh, wherever you go because if nobody shows up, you're not going to get that talent buyer to want you to come back to his venue again. All right. So one final plug here for this awesome musician, get a copy of Ari Hurston's new book, how to make it in the new music business. He didn't ask me to plug him; He's just a super awesome, knowledgeable guy we've had on this show before. And his book is great. And you'll benefit a lot by reading as much as possible for what he has to say. And Oh, I almost forgot Dave, where are our manners coming up in the next segment Fantastic guest. Um, we've had her on the show before. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, Marion Call, is All coming right. on. She's got an album coming out um, next week, and uh, she's one of my favorite artists, so we're going to be excited for that. Marion Call coming up next on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time, my new book, Break the Business Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. She is an Alaska-based singer-songwriter whose 10th album, Standing Stones, is coming out February 24th. She'll be touring in Washington State in March, and you can find tickets at mariancall.com slash shows. Ladies and gentlemen, Marion Call is on the Break the Business Podcast. Marion, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, thank you. It is so, so
0: good to have you back. <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, the sentiment is shared
0: oh it, it has been way too long we last had you on back in november of 2015 you were in the early stages of putting together this upcoming album standing stones how has the, that time making your album been since we last spoke i, I can only assume you've missed our show terribly
2: Uh, I've, I've been just pining and pining. Yes. We, um, when I, let's see, when we last spoke, that would have been just as my Kickstarter was wrapping up. So I was probably doing an incredible amount of Kickstarter logistics. Uh, the way that I organized this project, I did the first big chunk of recording in June of 2015. And then I, um, did a Kickstarter in the fall of 2015, which took up, you know, almost, even though it just ran for a month, it takes up about three months of like planning and then doing it and then following up on everything. Um, and then I, uh, went on a brief tour and, uh, then I got my laptop stolen. So that was, that was a good start. What? Oh my God. Uh, no, It was stolen out of my car in Washington, DC, a few blocks from the Capitol. I can only assume that it was some, some lobbyist. I think it was actually on K street. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think some, some, uh, wayward lobbyist was, uh, was, uh, uh, passing by and smashed our car window while we were on tour and uh, oh. t- took just my backpack. Thank God, though, they did not get, um, you know, all the other valuable stuff in the car. Guitar pedals, you know, like much much harder to replace things.
0: Oh, they, they um, went right for what they knew was most valuable. Your just music. the
2: backpack, right on top with my whole recording project on it. It was backed up, of course. But oh, it was yeah, also that was about like, to
0: say, what was the backup situation yeah, right. Oh, We
2: were all backed up. We were all backed oh, up. Thank um, God. But, um, but uh, the problem was my software wasn't, and I had run out of licenses for my music software, so i had to buy my laptop again and um and all of my software which made it which cost more than the laptop um so that was a good start that took me a couple months to kind of get back on board from uh then we started recording again and we did i did several recording trips uh in i record some here in Juneau. i recorded some in anchorage um i recorded down in austin i recorded in seattle and uh, in between did some touring to you know pay the bills and, uh, I'm, and then this fall, I finally was ready to kind of stay home and do the final post production stuff, you know? And so that's what I've been working on the last few months is the, you know, will all the, we'll fix it in post stuff, fixing it in post. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit of a slow artist compared to a lot of people cause I don't just pop into the studio and do the thing. I sort of construct it carefully out of layers and layers like a cake
0: and you'll do other work and then come back to it and.
2: Yeah, well, you kind of have to take, like, if you, have, uh, if you have a tour you have to go on, for example, or an event you're already committed to, then you have to kind of take a month and go run around the country and then come back and go, all right, where was I? And that happens a lot <laughs> when you're a musician.
1: Well, you know what, In Ryan? Hear- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I was going say- to say, you know what, Ryan? She sounds exactly like she's Metallica. Oh, of course, yeah. You know? I noticed the parallels. You know, you, sometimes you have to go out on tour, and you can't finish up an album, and people want you to do an album, your fans are clamoring for it, but you got to do all this other stuff. So Marion Call oh, absolutely. is the fans, Metallica. Every
2: time you're not on tour, the fans are clamoring, when are you on tour? Why are you not in my city? When are you coming back to St. Louis? And I'm like, I, I will. I love St. Louis. Um, I promise to come back, but right now I'm doing a record, and then I... Um, go out on tour and they're like, when's the record coming out? And I'm like, well, I'm here playing for you. So the record <laughs> is not getting closer right now. Uh, but it's, that's fine. I like it. I like the balance. It means that I get some time at home kind of sitting and computering and crossfading things. And then I get time out on the road pretty soon going to see everyone. I can't wait.
1: I, quick question. Cause I've, I've noticed these people on Twitter, Ryan, maybe you do when you know, follow uh, musicians and performers. Do you ever get the people that say, "Hey, when are you coming to St. Louis?" the day after you played in St. Louis? That like, happens
2: all the time. It makes <laughs> me cry.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> what are those people?
2: I know. Well, I the thing is it's uh it's social media used to be. When it when when there were less people on it, it was less crowded, less crazy. Uh there were um uh, it was easier to just like say I'll be at a thing, and then everyone would find out. But now there's way too much Twitter for everyone to find out about all your little announcements you make, and you certainly don't want to make them ten times a day, right? Because then everyone not in St. Louis would unfollow you. Um, <laughs> so uh, as as time went on, I was like, Twitter, this is an amazing new tool, and then Facebook, this amazing new tool. But both of them have become much less effective. Uh, about telling people about shows. And so I keep begging people, get on my boring old-fashioned email list because I swear that is the only way you will not miss the shows. And um, that campaign has been working better for the last year. I've had fewer of those since I'm like, guys, guys, email list. You have to be on the email (laughs) list or else you're going to miss me. And I only come through like once every couple years to St. Louis, so... (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's interesting Ryan that sort of going back to more old school variety of like an email list oh, I hear it all the time like from artists saturation is becoming so great you have to go backwards Yeah. That, really. hey
2: the nice thing for us is we're little and nimble and so we can switch strategies quickly but oh my god I'm so happy I kept that old email list going from when I first started I thought I thought it was going to be obsolete at one point and it is not it is now my like I'm about to send one out tomorrow morning because uh, people it's it's better better reach on Monday than on Sunday and uh and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so happy I kept this. And I just wish I had been putting people's zip codes in there the entire time. Oh. If only I had done that, then I could just email all the St. Louis people and be like, uh-huh. hey, guys.
0: No no question. Hey email addresses are currency. There, there is still no better way to just reach out to your fans directly. I want to take yeah. a step back and talk about your Kickstarter campaign uh, uh, oh, sure. to, make, to make Standing Stones. Uh, if I'm looking here correctly, you were able to raise – I want to make sure I get the exact number right – infinity billion dollars from your backers. So oh, congratulations exactly for that. Nice. Oh
2: thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um actually the number was just over sixty seven thousand dollars, Marin, which is crazy. How awesome are your fans?
2: They're the best. They are my most amazing like they're I, I don't do anything without them. Like if any if at any point uh they are done with me, then I'm not doing anything else <laughs> because it's all because of them. So, it's really all because uh, of they them.
0: They actually donated Dave an average of about sixty seven dollars per backer. Which wow! I, I've, uh, yeah, I had I've never high seen high that program. kind of number before from a Kickstarter. That's campaign. really good. Yeah, that's like really really well, good.
2: Well, I think I had a few people on the high end who uh, okay. who helped skew it because I had some. I had a couple of really high end rewards that that always go. Like I I do commission songs, but I only open up commissions when I'm doing something like a Kickstarter. So people will wait for a couple of years for to get a commission and then they'll hop in. Oh,
3: wow. So. That's so yeah. cool.
2: Yeah, and I already did a bunch of those. They were co- I did a bunch of cover song commissions, and I still have I think three original song commissions to finish. Uh, but first, finishing the record itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So does that mean like uh, one of these high end backers asked you to cover a song, and basically you recorded it and did it, and basically made your own arrangement and just released uh-huh. it for them?
2: Yeah, exactly. I did that for six songs. Um, and it was really fun. Uh, we did, I did a so-called jazz jukebox, which was meant whatever song you want to do. Like I I was just in the mood to record some jazz, which is kind of my, my background, uh, from before I did this, I did lots and lots of just, you know, sitting in with jazz combos and, 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 uh, singing standards or whatever. I said, whatever you want me to do, I will do with a jazz combo in that style. So, um,
3: Okay. Oh, and uh,
2: so they could propose songs that were, of course, not jazz songs, and we did uh, we did we did jazz takes on them, and it was really fun. I only released one so far. I released "Pure Imagination," um, the, uh, which is one of my favorite songs ever, and it was it was such a treat to cover. We did a really melancholy version, but um, it's like, hey, melancholy songs feel so good sometimes.
1: You know, that's funny. So then the guy that yells "Play Freebird" could have donated. <laughs> The high-end required and said, all right, you, you're going to play Freebird.
2: (laughs) Hey, if he gives me, if the guy who yells Freebird in the back of the room is going to give me $1,500 or $2,000, I will play Freebird. Or at least I'll think about it. (laughs) Yeah. And if he's not not yelling at me about it in the back of the room, but instead doing it politely through a format where I have given him the opportunity to purchase the song of his choice. The wheels are already
0: (laughs) turning in David's head to try to get a jazz rendition of a Metallica song.
2: I would do, love to do that. That would be fun. I, was, I think Metallica would oh, would ooh. would convert to a jazz song fabulously. That'd be, oh, that'd be. A, I'm sure someone's done it already, but that'd be great
1: i if you wanted to record it that'd be I, I i definitely listen to it and uh send it out there as uh, accordingly and everything yeah yeah all you have to do yeah. is just stroke yeah. a giant check i'm just thinking is that gonna be a new model like like all right thanks for coming out to the show what do you want to hear and here's the cash box
2: that's right. oh, lots of people already do that i i mean one way or another a lot of people do all request shows on the internet that you have to pay to go to so that's basically the same thing right and uh And commissions are one of the oldest ways to make music. Like almost all of Johann Sebastian Bach's music is commissioned. You know, rich people or churches would say, "Hey, write this. Here's a bunch of money. Here's exactly what we want you to write." And you'd be like, "All right, got it." You know, that's how you pay the bills.
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, the uh, Viennese uh, aristocracy still kicking.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you joked eh, but that's what that's what Patreon is. It's just us going back to the (laughs) fifteenth century model of making
1: art. You're so not progressive, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: ah. <laughs> so uh, a big thing that you did with that Kickstarter campaign, Marion, is your effective use of stretch goals, which is basically adding Thanks. extra stuff to your album if your backers basically ran up the score on your initial funding goal and contributed even yeah, more. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, can you talk about how you were able to use those kind of stretch goals to create a really cool final product for your fans?
2: Oh, for sure. Well, there were a lot of things that um I, I've done. This is my second big Kickstarter. And on the first one, I had quote, unreasonable stretch goals. So, uh, so this time I tried to have more reasonable, rational stretch goals. Like some of them were, um, for example, things I could do in the moment. Like if we got to 50,000, I was going to go out and spin around on the mountaintop and sing the hills are alive with the sound of music. Uh, and I did. And so, So that we just like took a day and did, and it didn't really cost anything. Um, and, uh, other stretch goals were things that again, like I Uh, the problem is that as your, as your money goes up from your backers, so do the costs. So does the cost of fulfilling the thing you're making, right? Like people are giving you extra money, but you have to make more CDs now and you have to print more stuff and you have to ship more. So you have to be careful not to like commit to a big new thing that's going to cost a lot. So like one of my big stretch goals was we're going to make the record on vinyl and, um, and people still have to buy the vinyl, so I'm not, like, including vinyl in the project, because I, the numbers just don't crunch on that, I, and I crunched them. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to make me. the record on vinyl, which means I'm going to make a vinyl master. I get a big, giant cylinder of metal with my record on it, which is great, and um, and uh, then people will be able to order vinyl. So the the making vinyl available was one of my stretch goals. Um Thanks. And I just got my vinyl masters, my my digital vinyl masters in my email yesterday. I'm so excited.
3: That's so I, cool. I've never
2: done vinyl before. I can't wait. Um, and uh, uh, let's see, what were my other stretch goals? Some of them were things I wanted to include in the record itself. Like I wanted to have a string section. I wanted to have horns. Um, but those are expensive. And so, but I knew I wanted to include them on the album anyway. So I made those kind of lower end stretch goals that I thought it was likely we were going to hit. Um, And yeah, it was, it was fun. I kept sort of like working my way up into, um, into, instead of working my way up into more and more commitments of stuff to ship, I tried to work my way up into commitments of more and more ways to make the album awesome. So, and that was a good decision this time because now I'm, I'm nearly done. And, you know, in a few weeks when the CDs arrive, I will, uh, uh, be, you know, doing a big packing and shipping kind of like disastrous. Uh, my living room will be amazing. It'll be awesome. Um, but I won't have 50 extra things that I have to figure out how to include and pay for, you know?
0: Well, now I kind of want to hear about the things that went horribly wrong for Marion. Call. What happened on that last Kickstarter campaign with your stretch goals that just uh, caused you to go mad?
2: Um, I did lots and lots of math for that last Kickstarter, but um, I'm didn't. You Remember how on this Kickstarter people had an average, very high level donation? Sure. What's funny is people can have a very high-level donation and yet cost you more than the people at a lower-level donation. So on my last Kickstarter, I had a high-level thing that I didn't realize would be so popular, and that high-level thing actually earned me a lower percentage of the money that I needed for my project than the lower-level thing. So that was my mistake. It's sort of like if you have people at a $20 level get a CD and people at a $40 level get a T-shirt, but the T-shirt costs you like $22 and you still have to ship them the CD, then you're actually making less money at the $40 level than you were at the $20 level. And what if everyone backs your $40 level? You're not going to have enough money to make the project in the first place. We're
0: losing money money on each sale, but it's cool because we'll make it up on volume.
2: 100 percent, yeah and so so that was kind of what happened to me was i had a great great very successful first kickstarter but so many people went for the level that i didn't expect and that level cost me more to fulfill than all the other levels and didn't scale very well and so i wound up like kind of spending too much fulfilling that and not quite having enough for the rest of the project uh my laptop also got stolen on that project too it no. was pretty, yeah wait, wait, wait. i was in Glasgow and and no I was in Edinburgh and uh we had our laptop locked up in a basement uh during the show and someone who had access to the locked up basement and knew we had stuff locked up in there made off with the laptop during the show so
1: two laptops have been stolen while on tour
2: well, this is in six years. So, uh, when if you travel every day all over the world and you don't have a hotel room to put things in, uh, there are certain risks you run. But um, the first one, I my fans really like rallied and helped get me a new laptop, which was amazing. The second one, I actually didn't really tell anyone about until now. That it's been I, a couple of years.
1: Was say, second one probably kind of like. Uh, we get it. We get it, lady. We see what's going on with this You're running Your laptop got stolen. That's why I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone. It was that same K Street lobbyist.
2: It <laughs> was. She's following
0: you
1: everywhere. Yeah. yeah.
0: Transcontinental oh. theft victim Marion Call here went on with us.
3: I,
2: uh, you oh. know, I did get... What was fun about that was, though, I did get to call Scotland Yard. I felt very cool. What? I got to call Scotland Yard and file a report with a cute Scottish policewoman. It was great.
0: Somebody came in with a deer stalker hat. And- That's... Yeah, <laughs> no, nobody. Came
2: a laptop is not worth Scotland Yard coming in, but they did give me a report number and took my information and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's awesome. That's, yeah, let's go. So, uh, we're gonna play uh, a song from Standing Stones, and we're so excited that you let us play. We've been falling in love with it here in the studio. Uh, but before we do that, one more question. The last time we had you on, we talked about the fact that you're based in Alaska, and I wanted to ask you a question we asked you during that last interview again, just because we have new listeners now. And I think your answer last time was valuable, so. Alaska is obviously not one of the major music hubs, and we likely have many other listeners out there who are also trying to achieve success in their own music careers and are perhaps also not based in major music cities. Do you, do you have any advice for them based on your own experience?
2: Hmm. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of kinds of advice right now. The thing is, um, the thing that will give the music, the sort of indie music scene that I'm a part of, strength right now, the thing that will make us strong is the diversity of strategies people have. And I think that is a really good news for people who are in kind of weird, uh, like cities that are not in the center of everything or who maybe like, for example, if you have kids or if you, um, are not able to travel easily, like not everyone can do the, you know, make a record, go out and travel for six months, come home thing. And even if they do, like not everyone can make it solvent, but that is not the only way to put music into the world right now. And that's not the only way to get fans. And that's not the only way to connect. It's not the only, Way to make money. So, um, if we all kind of cobble together our own little strategy of like what works for us, uh, if you cobble together the strategy that works for you, like with with five percent travel and sixty uh, percent getting a grant or having a day job and twenty percent having a Patreon and fifteen percent, you know, like it, sort of piecing together the strategy that works for you. Now that there's so many avenues. Um, you know, working hard to get on Spotify playlists, or uh, or um, like having a SoundCloud following, whatever your little niche is, um, if you follow your strengths and follow uh, the pieces of it that come naturally to you. Then I don't know about going like full time and quitting your day job, but I do know that you can participate in the music world and be a musician, get your music heard, get fans and uh, and be creative. And I think that's a really encouraging world. I
0: like it. And let's uh, now enjoy some of the fruits of that creativity. This is the (laughs) title track off of Marion's album coming out on the 24th. Standing Stones. Here it is on the Break the Business podcast.
3: Nine lines from east to west We drew nine from north to south Then we stitched our names In concrete veins Through miles and miles And miles of ground The solid rock It does not care If we scratch our names If we scab and tear If we line and spine and grind it If we dare to try Stone just like so to map the star's ascent To prove we understood the moon We left circles where she went The triangle unlocked for us To babble of our towers And then we wrangled fire And rocketeered our sticks back to the stars
0: Man, that's so good. That is the title track on Marion Call's upcoming album, Standing Stones, here on the Break the Business Podcast. Great Marian, song. You're great the song. best.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Everybody can find that now at marioncall.bandcamp.com or just marioncall.com. And uh, I'm so excited. No. It's in pre orders now and it comes out on Friday.
0: Oh, we! Uh, I've been waiting uh, so long for this. And I'll tell you, Marion, on a personal note, we've been doing this podcast for. Almost two years now, and my fandom of you predates the podcast. <laughs> and so, I, I, I think I might have told you this, but the first time I had you on, like it was the first time that I was having an interviewee where I was kind of a little starstruck and fanboyish. <laughs> it was like, oh
3: my god, it's very cool! Ah! And I,
0: actually, I actually told her during that first episode, Dave, right, yeah. that uh, <clears throat> her song, Good Morning Moon... Mm-hmm. is actually my wake up song
1: on my phone. Oh yeah. Miriam he has huh? said that to literally everyone on this show. <laughs> Every single person. Uh, Every single well, person. Well,
2: that's what I wrote it for. It's an alarm clock song because yeah. I am I am not a good waker upper. I'm not <laughs> I do not wake up. I'm not into waking up. So, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Marion, it has been a pleasure. Don't be a stranger. We'd love to have you yeah. on. We do not want this much time to take place between yeah. us and, seeing you. And
1: everyone, sign up for her email list. So that way, you know, if you're in St. Louis, you don't miss it. Okay. Yeah. St. Louis guy, stop missing her shows. Just <laughs> sign up for the damn email list.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll be doing a huge nationwide tour, maybe even back to Europe again uh, later this year. So, uh,
0: Miami, you know, stop, you know, down yeah, here. Yeah, sure.
2: I've played Miami before. I would play again. Would play again. Oh, make yeah, it, I, would, I will try make, to get we, down
0: there. We will pack the joy. We'll make it happen for you.
2: I would love <laughs> it. I had some great house concerts there, and I played a photography studio, believe it or not. It was really fun. Yeah, had Very, a great
0: time. Awesome. Interesting. Cool. Well, look forward to hearing from you. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast.
1: Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell
0: the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, that's
1: fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Marion Call for joining us in the previous segment. Her new album, Standing Stones, comes out February 24th. Buy it everywhere. Make her rich and famous beyond her wildest dreams because we adore her. Mhm. So Monopoly is getting rid of the thimble, Dave.
1: I heard about this, yeah. And
0: it will be replaced by a new token that's announced March 19th. Apparently, one of the candidates to replace the thimble
1: is a Formula 1 race car. I see, no, really cuz I thought it would. Are you sure? There are
0: well, they haven't announced what the new Because I thought I heard it was like be. a
1: hashtag, emojis, all that stuff. That's sort one of stuff. them. Yes,
0: an emojis one of them, a hashtag's one because of them. Because they have like
1: an old-timey race car, like an old-timey like sort of formula car as one of the pieces, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: but apparently one of the candidates is a formula one race car because i saw that i was like "Ooh, i bet dave is very that that.
1: interesting I, I would be supportive yes but i i thought they're going like completely 21st century like you know social media pieces they
0: are do- well, when i saw that two of the candidates to replace the thimble are the hashtag and the emoji i'm like oh dave's gonna be so angry it's gonna be a poop emoji because <laughs> i know how much you just hate like anything that, from this is, newfangled is, generation is, is monopoly
1: so. milton bradley or parker brothers
0: Oh my God, I don't know.
1: Either way, I'm one leaning, of those, I'm leaning
0: Parker brothers.
1: Um uh, w- one of those sets of gentlemen is spinning in their grave. or maybe Hasbro? It's not Hasbro. Okay.
0: So one, one of the Parkers or perhaps Milton or
1: Bradley, yes, is very upset about what's happening to their game. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, did you ever like Monopoly growing up?
1: yeah of course you didn't now did, we, did did I ever play exclusively by the rules for an entire game no has anybody I don't think has so has anybody
0: played Monopoly to its conclusion I don't think
1: so I mean that's what I think the, the Insane Insight are full of people
0: <laughs> who've actually made it to the yes. end of a game of Monopoly anyway um, so I want to debut a new segment this week oh that's always fun yeah so I even came up with imaging for it because uh, there's some crappy people in the music industry and uh, it's always good to call them out and now it's time for Ryan's Music Jerk of the Week. Oh, you are just the worst type
1: of person. On the Break the Business Podcast. You know who I'd like to nominate for my Jerk of the Week? Well, who? I know you're not soliciting. Yeah, no, I, I have my own jerk. What? You. Why? What? I Okay, cut the imaging off after the Stewie comment. You don't need to keep reminding people it's the Break the Business podcast. They already know. They they are inundated with it every single like little imaging thing you have. You're saying the imaging is too long? No, I'm d- don't don't do, why, it's why? Time why? Um, for
0: Ryan's yeah. music jerk of the week. Oh, you are just the worst type of person. Cut it on off on the Break the Business podcast. Didn't need to go there any longer. We're trying to create brand awareness here, Dave. There's nothing wrong with repeating the name of the Break the Business podcast as often as you can because people need to know about the Break the Business podcast and uh, you are just the worst type of person. <laughs> anyway, from Billboard magazine, before this year's Super Bowl, Dave, the Giving Back Fund was contacted by Ed Sheeran's manager. Okay. With a proposal that Sheeran would perform at the nonprofit's pre-Super Bowl event in exchange for Sheeran receiving four VIP tickets to the to the big game however it turned out that the man asking for the tickets was in fact not ed sheeran's manager at all and instead was just a scammer who has no relationship to sheeran the scammer took the tickets reportedly work worth fifty thousand dollars from a charity and vanished once the giving back fund realized they were being scammed they contacted police who informed them that the tickets had already been resold by the quote-unquote manager
1: That's just like a a jerk of the week, not a music jerk. Well, it was music. I a, thought it was a music concert. Oh, this is this was just an enterprising uh, fellow that took advantage of the Ed Sheeran name. That's exactly right. I thought you were going to tell me like something Ed Sheeran had something to do with this. I'm like, oh my like
0: god! Like you thought like oh Ed Sheeran's manager was the jerk of the week. Yeah, no, Ed Sheeran's manager's good name is being slandered by this so guy. So a guy
1: just called up this charity, nonprofit charity, yeah, and said, "Hey, I'm um, Ed Sheeran's manager. That's right. We want to work with you guys. If you use guys." Here's what we want in return. They're like, yeah, sure. What the heck? Yeah, no. Yeah, Ed wants
0: to see the Super Bowl, and you know if he's going to come and perform for us, it's the least we can do. Get him some tickets. He
1: takes the tickets, yep. Sells them. I'm assuming for cash, so for, it's not oh trackable for sure. For sure. And he's vanished.
0: Has gone.
1: Meanwhile, the charity just gave away four tickets yeah. to nobody. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that should just be called, you know, Ryan's like criminal of the week. I mean, he—he's a. He, why can't he can't be both a jerk and a criminal? Uh, usually, criminals are jerks. That's right. Have you ever met a non-jerky criminal?
0: Sure, there are plenty of people out there who are jerks but haven't committed criminal behavior. Is, isn't that kind of the essence of the Dave the Ultimate Arbiter segment? That's right. Yes, not all jerks are criminals, but yeah. all criminals are jerks. That's right. You know, you know, you know, in a being in a parking, you know, a person who are, you know saves a parking spot by standing in it. That is a jerk, but probably wouldn't necessarily be a lawbreaker.
1: No, that rises to the level of criminal activity.
0: You're saying that person should be thrown in jail? E- or, or worse, yes. For how long?
1: Like, uh, life. L- well, well... <laughs> that's, Ryan, that's we need to make parking lots great again. All right? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> anyway. So, the Grammys... Were this past week. Yes. Uh, anyway, cut cut that intro thing short. Anyway, the Grammys were <laughs> this past week. And I heard you on, on last week's show saying it's your favorite weekend of the year. Oh my God. I it's love like it. It's like your favorite thing you love more than your wife. You will gladly sacrifice your future children. For the sake of the Grammys. I mean, not
0: all the future children. On like the two altar, out of three.
1: On the altar of the recording, is it the RIAA, or what the heck is it? The no.
0: RIAA, but I think for yeah. the Grammys, we're specifically talking about the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, right. NERIS. I,
1: I don't get this. I don't get this whatsoever. The Grammys are the shammies, Ryan. Ooh, you, you a, burned some calories coming up with that it's, one. It's, it's a sham, it's a travesty, it's a tra, uh, travesty, it's a sham, it's a mockery, it's a trap sham mockery, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> It is horrible. It, you
0: understand this is a music podcast, right? Like, hating on music's ultimate award show seems kind of weird.
1: I'm not the only one that thinks the Grammys are shit. Every one of my friends, as we were watching Sunday night, okay, we weren't watching the whole damn thing. We had on mute a lot waiting for the Metallica <laughs> performance. Oh. And uh, after that oh. lovely masterpiece, because when you think uh, the Grammys, you think people that know sound. <laughs> And Mike's. So that's
0: okay. I, I've solved this mystery. That's all it is. You, It's not really that you hate the Grammys. It's you hate the Grammys particularly because Metallica performed and the sound messed up on them. That's one of the reasons. One of the reasons. So, yeah, just, just to uh, catch people up in case they missed it, Metallica performed with Lady Gaga.
3: A,
1: a, a cool idea, which I was okay yeah. with. And you know what? I think it was on her end and... The the rest of the telecast it was it was executed pretty good. Yeah, she she handled it, herself capably despite being it, out of her genre. Metallica was really really good. Ah. I didn't. I can't take credit for that. No. You stink. <sighs> My God, what's going on with you? It's today? a tiny
0: phone. There are little buttons on the sound. That effects hasn't boring. stopped you for like a year. Well, and part of it was I was wondering if I should actually hit the button because you said you just stole that joke you, from somebody. You got
1: to do it or you don't do it. You got to make a decision, Ryan. There's no time to dilly-dally. There's no time for your, you know, sort of uh, just half-assed efforts just at production. Shit or get off the shot pot is what you're telling uh, me? Yes, exactly. So, but yes, they
0: performed together. And when the song started, Gaga's microphone was perfect. And James, James Hetfield's
1: was, was not going. And I think, it w- I'm not even sure if it was even in the house. So they they just decided some Grammy guys like hey should we plug in the microphone nah who cares about music anyway this just sound like no one cares about Dave fuck you guy
0: <laughs> I mean, and all I could think watching he, it was man Dave's gonna be so pissed I was pissed he was pissed I heard he broke a guitar is that right
1: he pushed at the end of it he pushed down the mic stand you can see him at the, at the, on the side throwing the guitar off stage
0: yeah to be fair like in the moment. He handled himself like a professional.
1: No, 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 not like a professional, a professional, because that's what this music actually is. It's people that actually play live. They perform live. They actually have instruments. They actually have their vocals. And if something goes wrong, they don't get all whiny and pouty like, well, I guess we'll do this here. All right, I guess I'll be dipped right now. Okay, not, <laughs> not getting anything in the air. Not getting anything. Nope, that's going on. Well, I guess this is happening. Happy New Year, huh, folks? Well, whatever. <laughs> um, no, no, no. You don't, they're, they're, they're professionals. That's why this music is better than all the rest of that other crap. You know, the backing tracks got played plenty well in all the other performances. So, <laughs> all, the, all the non-live stuff, all the lip-syncing, great. The, the, the Grammys is a great episode of Lip Sync Battle. Whoa. Shade.
0: Yeah. So Metallica is actually no stranger to being screwed over by the Grammys. And so, as the biggest Metallica fan I know, let me ask you what was the greater Grammy injustice? All right. This or Jethro Tull? What are you doing? Just just, just skipping right to the end so people don't know what I'm talking about. Fine, go, go. Okay. Explain. James Hetfield's mic going out at this most recent Grammy Awards, or Metallica losing the 1989 Grammy for Best Hard Rock Heavy Metal Recording to Jethro Tull, a group that's absolutely not by any definition a metal
1: band. Yeah, there's no metal flute. That is, that's your flute does not belong in metal. I mean, maybe Ron Burgundy can make it metal if he wants one day. Yeah. But that was the uh, and that was the first year
0: of that category too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think it's this, just because it's just a pattern of disrespect. It also, what happened that evening, and not that anyone else would know, because the best metal performance was on the non-televised portion of the awards. Oh, it always is. Megadeth won, right? Do you know the music? Oh, I heard about this. As as Megadeth is walking up to get their award, their first Grammy ever, congratulations to Dave and the boys. Yeah. And... So funny, the house band that I guess you know usually plays music from yeah, like that band or that the, artist. Yeah, for the pre
0: telecast awards, the, it's one house band that just plays music for every person that comes up and
1: wins a pre telecast award. They started playing Metallica's Master of Puppets, yes, they did uh, shittily. Also, <laughs> I think it, it, it sounded like from what I heard, it seems like they realized, oh, wait, this is not it, and they kind of halfway stop, but they keep going, and then just go back into it. <laughs> Like it's the weirdest thing. Like just keep going. Da, 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 da. It's like a mega you day, know. potato, potato. You know. I, yeah. So that was. I mean, there there have been some conjecture amongst you know the community. Like, oh, did Dave know about that as like a joke or something like that? I don't know. It seems a little weird. But it's just a, it's just a pattern of disrespect from this awful awful uh, organization. That I'm done with. I don't care about them anymore. They don't want me. Fine. I don't want you. They don't want you. No, right. And if you get uh, you know a pass one day or tickets to the Grammys, you think, oh, I know, I'll go to I'll go to Dave. I am gonna boycott by going with you, and like bringing a sign. I'm gonna make a scene. So, I am going to make a scene. I'm gonna do a Tom Comerford. A who? Rage Against the Machine basis. What would he do? Climbed up the scaffolding at the MTV movie. Oh, movie- that's right. Video that was him.
0: Yes. So what you're saying is, if I for some reason ever got to go to the Grammys. Instead of taking, I don't know, my wife, I should take you because you're going to make a giant mess of things.
1: You want pub and branding. Uh, that would get both. That's fair. I I just... My wife's I got, got no promotional juice, but you, I got you can make it happen. I got you. I got you.
0: <laughs> so can I take... I, w- I want to just gently pat myself on the back here.
1: Oh, okay. I know what you're doing I already. Yeah. I, in, in, in anticipation, I've already got it pulled up. Thank oh, is that right? Yeah.
0: yeah. I I read your mind. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so... Um, I have said in the past that I'm a above-average Grammy picker. This year was no exception. Uh, I had our, our my Grammy pool with uh, with our friends. I got 13 out of 17 right this year, and that was including the fact that I got Chuck. the what? Chuck.
1: Uh, excuse me. What? Chuck, what? Oh, sorry, oh, oh Chalk, yeah, I didn't say anything. Go oh, ahead, okay. keep, keep
0: talking. Um, Thirteen out of seventeen, and that was including the fact that I got the album of the year way wrong because I <clears throat> completely bombed on Sturgill <clears throat> Simpson winning album of the year because it was Adele.
1: Chuck, Chuck, <laughs> are you? What are you implying that this is? Oh, you're so brave, Ryan. Record of the year, Adele. Song of the year, Adele. Pop solo performance, Adele. Pop vocal album, Adele. Rock performance, David Bowie, and I told you about that, too. I gave you that information. No, because that, Metallica that, was nominated, and I knew it, they're given to Bowie because... Because uh, he's dead. He's, yeah, yeah uh, rock album Cage the Elephant. What the, who the fuck is Cage the Elephant? I nailed that one. That was a hard who, one. Who are they? They're, they're, they're no one. They're a great rock band. No, you. I think you picked it because you realized, all right, they disrespect the groups. So obviously they'll go with the one no one cares about. Rap album, Chance the Rapper. It's in his name, Ryan. I see what you're oh, doing. B- big, big praise to Chance the Rapper. An independent
0: artist winning three Grammys, including Best New Artist. How cool is that?
1: Pentatonics or Country Duo. That's great. Yeah. Of course. They're, they're not country. They did the song with Dolly Parton. Oh, give me a break. So, but why does it just say Pentatonics, not Dolly Parton well, here?
0: Because I was writing it on an Excel spreadsheet.
1: Oh, I get it. Dolly Parton doesn't rate for you, Ryan. There's
0: only so much space in the little box. Dolly look, Parton
1: doesn't uh, I, I, fill the bill. Look,
0: here's look, here's what you're doing, okay? And this isn't fair, because when I pick a, Adele to win an award, you just say chalk. But then when I pick like Cage the Elephant or Pentatonix, which is not an obvious choice, you're just making fun of me by saying, "Oh, oh, who's that person?" Because like, I can't win with you. It's
1: a matrix. It's the algorithm. It's it's like it's like Canada Town or Hoser Talk. At a certain point. There's a way to actually just decode it and get them all right, like like okay, urban contemporary album went to Beyonce. I would have picked Keith Urban. I thought that was an obvious. I thought that would been an obvious choice.
0: Thank Uh, you. I hope you're proud of yourself. I am. (laughs) I am. Admittedly, yeah, the Adele heavy categories, and and the worst part is that I knew. Adele was going to win those top-level categories because of what the Grammys have historically done to Beyoncé for her entire career. How many Grammys has she won? Like 22 Grammys. Oh, wow, yeah. None of them were... Oh, except, sorry. Of the 22 Grammys, only one of them came from either Album of the Year, Record of the Year, or Song of the Year. They just don't give the major Grammys to her. Despite the fact that she's a, you know, big-time, one of the greatest artists of this or any generation. Okay. But, she, you know, she puts out an album that makes that has strong political overtones, and the old farts in the Grammys go, oh, no, we can't. Blah.
1: But yet they let A Tribe Called Quest perform. Well, perform, yeah. So, when's, the last time, when's the last time
0: you heard, and the Grammy for Album of the Year goes to A Tribe Called Quest?
1: Right, but if— and, They and, were great, by I, the way. And here's, and here's the thing. I haven't heard any of these albums. Well, I think I've seen Part of Lemonade when it was on HBO, yeah. when it came out. It's all Part of Lemonade. I haven't really and the only uh, thing I know from Adele 25 is Hello. Yeah. You know, great cover of the Lionel Richie song. Um, really turns it on its head. That's how you do <laughs> just, a cover, Ryan Adams. Just, just really really just really just, you know, made it her own, frankly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no resemblance uh, to the original. But here's the thing. Someone winning an award and having their acceptance speech time to talk about something is that uh, you wouldn't you say you get the same amount of statement possibilities as a person performing
0: i mean i guess but oh my god and speaking of acceptance speeches, like adele was practically apologizing to beyonce for winning those two grammys like she gets up there for it record a of the contrived year. Uh, contrived well, yeah
1: that and then also what was it like the george michael likes like I'm, I'm sorry i can't i can't i'm not doing this again this year Oh, oh, so now, you're,
0: just, you're just shooting on at everybody. Like, you ripping on the no, outside, no, no. now coming after Adele. She gets a second chance, but Metallica doesn't? Screw you guys. Well, I'm sure if James Hetfield wanted, he could have said, all right, everybody, stop, stop, stop. We're not doing this again, you know. And then, you know, it could have started it up again. But of course, it, his mic still wouldn't have been working.
1: <laughs> uh, no, because, like, freaking whoever the producer's, like, dumb brother was d- recording that day. All like, right, they're in charge of the sound. It's, it's, a, it's a horrible show watched by... Uh, by chalk enthusiasts, Ryan. I already can't wait till next year. I bet, I, I bet you have Duke winning the Final Four this year. <laughs> well,
0: Duke, UNC. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah, Duke, UNC, Kentucky, or Yukon women's basketball. Look, you're so chalky. Look,
0: why can't why can't you just admit that this is a skill that I have?
1: You're a character on Doug, all right, I, the animated series from Nickelodeon. Chalky, you're so chalky. <laughs> Get, nope, mustn't. Fine. <laughs> Ryan, speaking of tours earlier. Yeah? Oh, that's right. Wow. Hello, Metallica Tour. Oh, yeah. Ryan, how many shows have you bought tickets for?
0: How many shows have I bought tickets for? Yes. Maybe a dozen. No, you haven't. Oh, oh, you're saying for the Metallica show? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant in general. No, I've never bought a ticket for any show on this tour.
1: What? You've only bought a dozen tickets to shows in your life? Yeah. That's weak. (laughs) You're weak, Chalky. With green hair. No, blue hair. Doug Trivia, do you know
0: Chalky's last name? Chalky.
1: I don't have to prove myself to you. Chalkerstein? Studebaker. Oh. No, you're Doug.
0: I loved that show.
1: Right. So I got shows for, of course, the Miami, Florida show. Yeah. July 7th at the Hard Rock Stadium going to there going to the Orlando show of course you got it basically got hit up the two local shows sure July 5th Camping World Stadium wherever the hell that is I right. think it's like the Citrus Bowl yeah, one yeah former Citrus Bowl um going to uh, MetLife Stadium up in New Jersey May 14th I got my reasons for going up to New Jersey <laughs> okay <laughs> you yeah, got my girlfriend up there um and then <laughs> I thought you were going to leave it I have reasons but no you had to drop the girlfriend yeah, out yeah whatever That's fine I love her um <laughs> and uh uh, and like in, after that I've already got my uh, rock on the range Columbus Ohio show the festival with Metallica going so I got four Metallica dates due in May, due in July.
0: You know, you're getting older, you're you know, it's important to save money. I'm glad you're taking it easy this tour, not overdoing it.
1: I was very close to purchasing Atlanta which was July 9th, but then here's the funny thing, it would have been Orlando, Miami, Atlanta.
0: Orlando. Yeah, that would yeah.
1: So that that would that would have been a little much it's just, you know, the 5th, 7th and 9th. So it's it, it, and you know, Metallica shows are, are exhausting. So you know, it would have been I probably I would have been falling asleep on the way up on I, I- seventy five up to Atlanta. Yeah, that, that 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 would have been back breaking. Man. Maybe I should have you drive me. Why didn't I think of that? You could chauffeur me, Ryan. You should you should go. This is this is like you know, it, it, it's finally here, Ryan. Our stadium tour. There's probably going to be an arena tour then of more U.S. cities in 2018 but folks if you're in um let's see here baltimore philadelphia new jersey east rutherford uniondale new york foxborough massachusetts columbus ohio no never mind sorry columbus is kind of sold out although people are kind of bailing on that just to, to fund this habit st louis denver houston san antonio dallas chicago orlando miami atlanta detroit quebec city toronto montreal los angeles phoenix san diego seattle vancouver edmonton If you're in one of those cities, if you're not in one of those cities, get a ticket. Get in the car to see him. It's the best show you'll ever see in your whole life. Don't listen to this guy over here. He doesn't know what he's talking about. What? Exactly. (laughs) You know, you'd think this guy would be like, hey, Dave, let's go see Metallica together. No, he's a poser.
0: Are there still tickets to the Miami show?
1: Yeah, they're getting further and further away from the field. I've got got my general admission uh, ticket. Oh, you're
0: like in the pit or whatever.
1: GA, man. G A all the way, woo! Well, so if, if 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 you're in if you're in Miami, Orlando, uh, Columbus, or New Jersey, uh, maybe look for me. So
0: as much as you like to characterize me of the enemy as the enemy of your love for Metallica, I'm thrilled yes. for you that Metallica has finally announced this tour. I know you've been waiting for exactly it. Exactly what enemy you're says. You're going to way too many Metallica shows. The but four
1: is, I, I, that's, that's only going to get me. Ryan, that's only going <laughs> to be shows seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got friends doing like the nineties, man. Like ah. I wish I could get there, but you know, I'm I'm glad I'm getting to at least into the double digits. I'm gonna feel good now that then when two thousand eighteen rolls around and I go back to shows there, I'll be like, all right, show eleven, show twelve, show thirteen, show twenty.
0: Is there like a patch you get for getting a certain number of Metallica shows? I feel like there should be. I should can create be.
1: one now. I'm thinking because my I'm I got my vent my vest being worked on. Oh right. Yeah. I should maybe create a 10 patch. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. 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 Ideas. Yes. <laughs> all right. I, 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 speaking I, of ideas okay, oh, we got all okay. right uh i noticed you did some rearranging of furniture in here yeah and the futon is gone and now you have your treadmill yeah Actually, the treadmill that used to be in the old studio which i'm not sure how you got it over here considering you have no suvs uh borrowed my parents car okay or did you run it over that's right yeah okay anyway i'm thinking you know i just had an idea because so i was thinking like oh it would be funny if you did a show from up there what if we have an oscar pool and loser has to do the show from the treadmill the whole show, whole show. I mean, burn
0: calories and provide entertainment. It's fun. I'm trying to think about how we would do this logistically. Like, well, I, I the, guess the, I could detach the mics. the mics and yeah, yeah,
1: no, no, you just hold the mic. You hold the mic. <laughs> no, like I think it have to be this one because yours is the well. Audio Technica more fancy one. This one, as you can say, is like your more yeah, you sort can... of straightforward handheld. Well, here's the th- like, I'm a little afraid because my my.
0: My award show picking powers is kind of limited to the Grammys. I'm not good at picking Oscars. Oh, you're not
1: gonna do the chalk for the Oscars, Ryan? That's right. damn it. Why didn't Duke win Best Picture? That's right. So
0: I mean, I'm I'm a little worried, but like I'm I'm not one to shy away from a challenge or a really good show idea.
1: You're not gonna shy away from a challenge? A challenge, yes. And
0: so, I mean, yeah, let's let's workshop this. I mean, the Grammys are or the Oscars are next
1: weekend. They're done with the Grammys. Stop talking about the Grammys. The Grammys have never been discussed ever again. 13 out of 17. Nailed it. Shock. Uh, shock of so, con. So next week's show
0: is gonna be the this you know, the the day of the Grammys. The Grammys won't have happened yet. So like maybe we can do some Grammy picks that day. Oscars. Sorry, Oscar picks that day. 13 out of 17. Shut up. And then, you know, that's and then we can do the bet. And then, you know, the next episode we can, you know, whoever loses will do the whole show from my treadmill. And that sounds like terrible content, but it'll be funny.
1: I think it could work.
0: All right. So so we're we're doing this. We're on here. The handshake. Yeah. Are you sick? Probably. I was like, <coughs> oh, you
1: bastard. And that's a wet one. All right.
0: OK, there <laughs> it is. All right. It's on our thanks to Marion Call for joining us on the show. Get her album. It's coming out. Um, She's wonderful. Standing Stones is the
1: name. See Metallica on tour. Indie bands, remember, they need the support. That's right. Yes, those struggling indie bands like Metallica. We know they're an indie band. That's true. That they're, they're an indie band. That's true. They fit the definition. Yep. All right. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're all. trying not to get them on this show. I would love to get Metallica on this show. I bet you would. I mean, you're like their biggest fan. Make it happen. Why do I have to make it happen? Why can't you get the guest booker to make it happen? We don't have one anymore. That's right. <laughs> we will see you next week on the Break the Business Podcast. See Metallica on tour.